Well, good morning. My name is Julie Alsop, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Community. It is good to be with you this morning in person and also those who are watching online. So I want to share a story with you this morning as we start out. Uh, there was a horrible storm out in the ocean, and there was a horrendous uh, shipwreck, and the only survivor of the shipwreck uh, washed up uh, on a small, uninhabited island. And he cried out to God to save him, and every day he scanned the horizon for help, uh, but none seemed to be forthcoming. And he was exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And he uh, uh, eventually managed to, to build a rough hut to put the few possessions uh, that he had with him that uh, had washed up with him uh, in this little hut when he washed, was washed upon the shore. And then one day, uh, after hunting for food, he arrived home uh, to find his, his sweet little hut in flames, in flames. The smoke was rolling up into the sky, and I have to just imagine, you know, when you think it can't get any worse. And the worst had happened, uh, and he was absolutely, just absolutely devastated and just full of grief and absolutely uh, experiencing this hopelessness. And early the next day, uh, a ship drew near the island, and it rescued him. And, and he asked them, he says, how did you know that I was here? He asked, and he said, and they responded, we saw your smoke signal. We saw your smoke signal. Oh, the sweet providence of God though invisible yet invincible. This morning, uh, we're going to continue in our sermon series, Brave, and we're going to take a look at the book of Esther. How many of you are familiar with the book of Esther? One of my favorite uh, books. Absolutely love the book of Esther. And uh, we are uh, reminded, though, that God is not mentioned at all in this, in this uh, book of the Bible. We see his fingerprints all over it, his fingerprints all over it. So I want to give you just a little bit of context this morning as we get started. So there was a civil war in Israel, and there was a divided kingdom. Both sides weren't walking with the Lord. So God allowed uh, Assyria to take over the north, Israel, into captivity, and then allowed Babylon uh, to take over the south. And they were in captivity, as we know, for 70 years. And the book of Daniel also happened uh, during this time of exile. Uh, then Babylon was overpowered uh, by the Medes and the Persians, and the Jews were free to return to Jerusalem. And we know that Zerubbabel, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Zerubbabel uh, led the first group back, and then Ezra the second, and then Nehemiah the third. And then our story in Esther is about the Jews who chose to stay back. They chose to stay back. And we can't help but wonder, did God forget them as they stayed back? No way. No way. God did not forget them. I want to share an image with you this morning. Uh, it is a, a picture from Qumran in the Qumran uh, caves that are in the Judean desert. have uh, visited there a couple of different times. Uh, they're near the Dead Sea uh, in Israel. And the scrolls um, were taken from the Jerusalem temple uh, to put in the caves to keep them safe. And they're copies of the Hebrew scriptures. And um, we, we, uh, we know that. Uh, I don't know how many of you got to uh, visit that exhibit that they had down at the Museum Center a couple years ago, but pretty amazing. And um, we know that Esther was living in a foreign land, right, as she was in captivity, and she felt like an outsider and left out in a culture uh, that didn't accept her. And it's ironic that uh, her, her book, her story, was, was left out. It is the only story that was not found in the Dead Sea Scrolls out of the Hebrew Bible. Isn't that interesting? 
Uh, every time we go, we say, where's Esther? We, we've lost Esther. Maybe she's in there somewhere. But that's the only uh, uh, story, the only book uh, out of the uh, Hebrew scriptures that was not found of the Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't know about you, but uh, some of us uh, feel like maybe we've been left out, right? Or maybe not seen. God is working when you don't see it. He never stops working, just like the song that we sang. Just like with Esther and just like with you. Did God forget Esther? No, no way, no way. Has he forgotten us? No way, no way. So we've got five main characters in our narrative this morning that I want to introduce you to. The first is King Xerxes, and he reigned on the Persian throne for 41 years. And it is said that he had been, uh, was the most handsome uh, king of his age, and he had uh, uh, been a prince of a very mild and generous disposition. And then we have his queen, Queen Vashti. She was strong-willed, independent, uh, refused to cooperate with her husband, uh, drunken demands at times, and quickly was whisked off the scene. We'll hear in the narrative that she wasn't around very long. And then we have Mordecai. He and Esther were cousins. And when her parents died, he cared enough for her to adopt her uh, as, uh, as a daughter to him. And he was a, uh, a cousin and a father figure to Esther. And he also uh, exposes this assassination plot, as we will learn about. And he refuses to bow down to anyone, uh, especially the evil Haman. And we know that he eventually will take the place of Haman as prime minister. And then we have the evil Haman himself. Every story has an antagonist, right? A prideful archvillain. And, and here we have the Hitler of the fourth century as he tried to utterly uh, exterminate the Jews. So when we read... Um, um, you know, about, about Haman, and, and, and I can't help it, you kind of just get this boo hiss, right, when you hear his name, and, and, and you'll kind of get that as the story goes on. And then we have Esther, which our, our story is named after Esther, and her Hebrew name uh, is Hadassah, but the Persian name was Esther, and she's described of a woman with chutzpah. Anybody ever heard the word chutzpah before, right? So she's got chutzpah. She uh, is brave, and she's bold, and she's fearless. And Esther's key to her success was that she was blind to, in, blind to the visible problems of the day, right? And she saw the invisible God. The narrative uh, of this uh, book is the survival of the Jews, and they were so close to a holocaust and the purpose was to show God's sovereignty and his care and the people that he loved so much and his providence. So before we get started into this, I want to share just a couple of quick funny jokes, right? I've got to laugh this morning. So why did the queen go to the dentist to get crowns on her teeth? Why is England the wettest country? The queen has reigned for years. What kind of tea uh, what kind of tea, uh, you, what kind of, uh, I can't talk, what kind of tea you drink, what ki kind of tea do you drink with the, with the queen? Royalty, royalty. And what uh, do people say if a knight in shining armor dies? Rest in peace, rest in peace. All right, that last one got it. All right, so a little bit more context with you. The Jews were in exile, and they were uh, under the dominion of the, the Persian Empire, and Xerxes was the king at the time. And he had a queen named Vashti, as I had mentioned, and she was beautiful, and she wanted everyone to see her beauty. And he summoned her to come to him, but she refused. And he was not happy, and he banned her from entering uh, his presence again. And thus, here we enter into our narrative where he is trying to find a new 
queen. We're going to jump into the passage. I do not have this, the scriptures on the screen because we've got a lot of texts that we're going to uh, cover this morning. So I just want you to sit back and just to let the Lord speak to you through this narrative this morning. So I'm starting in Esther 2.2. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for a beautiful young virgin for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm and bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor, and immediately he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned her with seven female attendants, selected from the king's palace, and moved her from her attendants into the best place of the harem. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval than any of the others. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now we transition to this noble named Haman. King, Xer king Xerxes uh, was so impressed with him that he gave him the highest seat of honor. All officials at the king's gate were to kneel before him and to pay honor to him throughout the kingdom. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet, learn, yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing not only Mordecai, but instead he looked uh, for a way to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the entire kingdom of Xerxes. So Mordecai and Esther have this conversation and he says, do not think because you are the, in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther, she has this chutzpah, right? She's empowered. And she gave Mordecai these instructions. She says, gather the Jews and fast for three days. She asked her attendants to fast as well, and her plan was to go to the king. Now remember, you can only approach the king if he asks you to. And she said, if I perish, I perish. Chutzpah, she had that bravery and that courage. And on the third day, she robed up and she courged up and she approached the king. And he was pleased to see her and he extended his gold scepter to her, asking her what was her request, and she invited him and Haman to a banquet. So the king and Haman went to the banquet, and Esther had prepared as they were drinking wine. The king again asked Esther, ask Esther, what, now what is your petition? It will be given to you, and what is your request? Even up to half of the kingdom, if it will be granted. Esther replied, my petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor and if it pleases the king, grant my petition and fulfill my request. Let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for them and then I will answer the king's question. That night the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought to him and to be read to him. It was found recorded that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired 
to assassinate King Xerxes. King Xerxes was grateful that Mordecai had exposed a plot against him and had not noticed that his mighty act had gone unnoticed. And he wanted to celebrate Mordecai. And he, uh, who does not uh, celebrate, who does not want to celebrate Mordecai, right, is Haman, wants to have no part of it. And he have no idea um, how that, uh, the plan of Mordecai and his people was to go. So verse 10, go at once, the king commanded Haman, get the robe and the horse and do just as I have suggested, have I have, I cannot talk this morning. Lord have mercy. As you've suggested for Mordecai, the Jew who sits at the king's gate, do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got on the robe, got the robe, got on the horse, and he robed Mordecai. And he led him on horseback throughout the city streets, proclaiming before them, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Now you can just see Haman's face, can't you? As he and Mordecai rode together throughout the city, right? Not his favorite person. In fact, wanted to assassinate him and all of his people. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet as they were drinking wine on the second day. The king asked again, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half of the kingdom, it will be granted. Then Queen Esther answered, if I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition. And spare my people. This is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed and annihilated. If we merely had been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he? Where is he, the man who dared to do such a thing? Esther said, an adversary and an enemy, the vile Haman, did not end well for Haman. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told him how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented it to Mordecai, and Esther was appointed over Haman's estate. The Jews were saved. Esther became queen, and Mordecai became the prime minister. You see, we have a king, and his name is Jesus, and he made the ultimate sacrifice, and he sits on the throne of mercy and grace. As believers, we all hold royal positions in his mighty kingdom. When you feel hopeless, you may find purpose in your royal position. Princes and princesses of the kingdom of God. I love this quote. On the darkest of days, when I feel inadequate, unloved, unworthy, I remember whose child I am and I straighten my crown. What is revealed to us about God in the book of Esther? That he is a way maker, a way maker. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. So three things to remember this morning. To trust in his person and then trust in his plan. To be still, 
Sometimes it's hard to be still. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to be still and to be quiet. Be still. Listen to the whisper of God. Listen to the whisper of God behind the roar of your circumstances. Some of you have got some circumstances going on. Listen to the whisper of God behind the roar of your circumstances. God may change your circumstances as he did for Esther and Mordecai, right? Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But most of all, he wants to change you and he wants to change me. God is for you, not against you. He's working behind the scenes for your highest good. I want us to take a to, to look at our hands for a minute. You'll notice we we uh, each have a unique handprint. We have unique fingerprints that no one else has. God gave you a fingerprint that no one else has, so that you can leave an imprint that no one else can, that no one else can, an imprint for impact. It's the smallest of touches that make the biggest of differences. And who knows? Who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this? So as we look on, look back at the characters in this narrative, we look at Mordecai, right? The influence that we have. We all have the ability to be influencers. And then we have Esther, the boldness that she has, the bravery that she has, the chutzpah that she has, right? How can we embrace that? And then uh, so disturbing about Haman, right, and, and his whole plan to annihilate the Jews. But it was exposed that we may be seeing situations in our life, we may be seeing situations in the world to know that God is working even when we don't know it, and eventually things will be exposed. And then we have King Xerxes, right, who uh, embraced humility and integrity and compassion. He could have responded so many different ways to Esther. So how can we embody this humility, integrity, and compassion? How is God working through you in the little things and the big things to make a difference? Don't, don't underestimate what God can do through you. I had mentioned earlier about uh, handprints and fingerprints, and I want to share with you that on Friday night at 11.30, uh, 11.25 actually to be exact, a new set of handprints came into the world. And it is my second grandchild and my first granddaughter. I think that we're going to have a picture up there. That's my oldest son, Mitchell, and his beautiful daughter. Uh, her name is Maeve Blair Smith. Isn't that a beautiful name? Such a beautiful name. So we are just uh, so thrilled to have her. Uh, somebody had shared with me this morning, it's not only double love, but double trouble. Ready? Right? So, uh, so just uh, double the love and so exciting. And um, the, the, the passage that, and, and song that kept coming to, kept coming to me through uh, to God with this uh, for delivering, waiting for her was that even uh, when we don't see it, he's still working. My daughter-in-law, God bless her, she was overdue by a week. She was ready to have this girl and we were ready to meet her. So uh, continued prayers for, for Chelsea and for Mitchell and for Conrad. He's not got a chance to meet his little sister yet, so we can't wait to see uh, what he thinks of her. But we are just so excited and blessed uh, to add her to our family. So uh, thank you for allowing me, humoring me to share a little bit. Some of you have uh, been asking when is she coming. She's finally here, so we're so excited.
So let us, uh, let's pray. Father God, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come and to worship you. And as we sang this morning, it's time to worship. And God, we thank you that you are with us, no matter what's going on in our lives. And God, we pray for uh, bravery. We pray, f- pray for this chutzpah, right, that we would have the courage to step out and to be bold in our faith. And God, be bold witnesses for you. God, we thank you for the story of Esther. And some of us move forward, some of us move on, and some of us stay back. And God, we thank you that you are with us no matter where we are. God, we thank you for your son Jesus, who you sent to die on the cross for us, that we might have life abundant and eternal life with you. And God, we thank you for new life. Oh, we thank you for new life. Thank you for babies. And God, we thank you for not only our our families, but our church family, Lord, as we gather as the body of Christ. We thank you for this time this morning. And we sit in awe of your presence. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and all of God's people said, amen.